Hey everyone, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Monday. Brian Kamenetsky and Andy Kamenetsky. What a weird damn game in Detroit on Sunday for the Lakers. They do win 121-116, but it's after LeBron James gets ejected. The Lakers fall behind big and uh, outscore the Detroit by 20 in the fourth for a big comeback victory. There is much to discuss, and we will do that next on Locked on Lakers. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I want to thank everybody for making Locked On Lakers your first listen of every day. We appreciate it. Monday through Friday, we get the thing up for you. Um, bright and early, so no matter where you are, it can be the first thing that you listen to every day. Try to make a Locked On podcast your second one. Locked On Bets, looking ahead, maybe Locked On Knicks to uh, get ready for the next Lakers game. Uh, Andy, Luke Walton was fired on Sunday. Uh, it means firing season is officially upon us. I thought there was a chance Frank Vogel might join him before the fourth quarter of Sunday's game. But no, the Lakers outscored Detroit by 20 so we'll, we'll get into a little bit of the uh the the coaching carousel stuff uh as the show goes on okay should lakers fans andy feel worse about the fact that the lakers needed a 20 point rally in the fourth quarter outscoring detroit by 20 to win this game on sunday or feel better about the fact that they they got the rally and won because the only thing that sucks worse than uh that that's you know worse than having to overcome that is actually losing to the Pistons like that well, would I mean, be worse you just answered your own question yeah but the, like the answer is it's always better to have won I mean you have more problems if you end up losing that game I think what you're actually asking is only half right it's not whether you should feel better or worse about the two choices you gave. The answer is obviously you should feel better about the win. The real question is how good do you feel? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, what degree of goodness do you allow yourself from this win? Because there's a lot of different stuff that came from it, and there's a lot of different narratives that, if nothing else, the players involved are, you know, trying to, I guess, uh, express that, you know, this could be a rallying point for the season, the idea that, they, you know, their backs were against the wall in in Detroit uh against 4 and 12 Detroit uh without LeBron and they ended up making up this deficit you know however good you think is appropriate to feel about it i i think can be discussed but ultimately you should feel you should feel more good than right. bad because they won and they yeah, needed this they, win they're, they they're now then, at 9 and right. 9 you know they're coming off an awful awful loss friday to the Boston Celtics and that was actually coming off a good loss, you know, a, a quality, respectable loss to the Milwaukee Bucks at full strength that you looked at and said, all right, you know what? I remember talking about this a lot right after the game. If the Lakers played like this on a regular basis, mm-hmm. they're going to win some games on this road trip, regardless of who's available. They have since gone on, Brian, to play the majority of the ensuing eight quarters, not <laughs> like they played against the Milwaukee Bucks. All right, so and that's you why mi- you don't know right. how to feel about it. If you missed the game, um, yeah, I'm sure you've seen the highlights. First by all, now. If you I'm missed sure. it, go back and watch <laughs> this. At one the very least, nuts. go go find the highlights on whatever on your preferred social media platform. Uh, LeBron James and Isaiah Stewart get locked up in the uh, this third is the quarter. the third quarter, correct? Yes. Um, in the third quarter of the game. Uh, on the free throw line, LeBron catches, I mean, no doubt about it, catches Isaiah Stewart with a 
pretty harsh elbow right at his eye. LeBron uh, would be thrown out of the game for it appropriately. Um, Isaiah Stewart went nuts. Um, and he had a big gash that, that opened up. It did require five stitches. And the game was knocked off kilter as Isaiah Stewart tried to kill LeBron or chase him around. And, and all of this. Um, the Lakers at that point... And this is what guys are referring to as sort of this like it could go either way kind of deal. We're we're faced coming back from a you know to to come back in this game without LeBron. Um, and if they don't win, this goes down. I mean, if it's the only reason it wouldn't be the worst loss of the season because they've already lost Oklahoma City. <laughs> like, like that's <laughs> twice. Like twice. Like in, in any normal for any normal team, this would this would easily you walk into into Detroit, who have a light, nice collection of young players, many of whom I would love to have on a, a team like the Lakers. Um and all, but right now they suck. Like they they are one of the worst offensive teams. They were one of the worst defensive teams. The Lakers, you know, Detroit, I think it scored a hundred points like twice in their last. 10 games or something and the Lakers gave up 66 points to them at halftime um like this would have for a normal team been one of the worst losses they could possibly have instead they do come back they run a ton of AD pick and roll in the fourth quarter um they rally and make up the deficit Anthony Davis in the last minute of the game um had a, a you know two blocks four you know four point it was just in the last like 30 seconds was just unbelievable blockade Cunningham twice um with a minute left in the game Westbrook took over big time yeah. in the fourth quarter he had a terrific he really did terrific close so all right well let's let's talk about this question that the, the players were bringing up is this a rallying point for this team is this the kind of thing that can turn a season for a team like the Lakers with what has been ailing them? Because I think it's a fascinating question. I mean, okay. First, I want to read a quote from DeAndre Jordan uh, after the game where he said, and he's referring to this incident between LeBron and Isaiah Stewart that ended up with LeBron getting ejected. And like you said, uh, Stewart going absolutely nuts. This was one of those rare times with an on-court skirmish that was not a fake fight. Like Isaiah Stewart, legitimately oh no they they separated these LeBron. guys and whatever and they couldn't calm him down and at one point isaiah stewart separated himself from his own you know the detroit guys and the you know security guards and the <laughs> police and everything and like he ran over i mean he was you know yes bo jackson tech mobile running over people in his own organization <laughs> trying to get to the other side of the floor to, to get back at lebron i mean it was he was mad <laughs> so DeAndre Very said it, it could have made us unravel or could have brought us together and I think it did just that it brought us together we were down we could have easily folded let go of the rope but we didn't and like on one hand I can appreciate that sentiment I sincerely appreciate them fighting rallying back and like you know Brian if this is some sports movie like this would be maybe the rallying point for a montage uh section with a bunch of wins that get strung together and you know maybe that does happen like Stranger things have happened, and this season has been weird as hell, dating all the way back to the offseason and acquiring Russell Westbrook. That was but weird. Like, <laughs> but, but here's the thing, though, that I think has to be acknowledged. And you hope that this quote from DeAndre and anybody else that expressed this sentiment 
isn't a little bit of telling on yourself. If you are actually in danger of folding against the effing four and 12 Pistons, like everybody on this team should just quit basketball. Like start your production companies or like enhance the ones you already have. Like Mello can become a full-time vintner. Like LeBron can enhance his tequila empire. Like, are you really painting yourself as battling against all odds against that team? So it's like, what, what is it? What does it say about you as a team if you are even willing to present the Pistons as representing that type of or just character shift? Andy, remove the Pistons from it at all, and I think it's a great point because um, the other we'll get. I have a, another part of this that we can get to after the break. Remove the Pistons from it. Let's say it's you know the Bucks. I mean, the Bucks clearly like go back to that game. One of the things that we praised about the Lakers was that when they got down by twelve. They kept playing. They kept yeah. fighting. Like they kept a, like that's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> it's like, you know, I mean, look, some every team has a game like Minnesota or Boston or whatever where these games Lakers just get away. The Lakers have had too many of them in, in well, not, they've also they've had too many games. And this is again where I where right. I wonder about the telling on yourself factor. They've had games where, quite frankly, the effort hasn't been there. Like that has been a recurring thing for this team where I think the effort or the focus that it, that is requisite to not just compete at the elite level that they want to be at, to compete at the level they're currently at, where, where they are not elite, where they're nowhere close to elite. And right. you, you really truly have to be scrapping if you're going to get yourself through well, the season what it is, and eventually build to the point you want to it's be It's the at. mentality of a team. Remember the Clippers a couple of years ago? I know Lakers fans don't like to hear Clippers comparisons, but the Clippers before they, in the last season before they got um, Kawhi, Kawhi. And, and Paul George, like they were a way head way above water, some way better than the parts, kind of scrappy-ass team mm -hmm. that nobody liked to play, that won way more games than any right to based on the team, the, the personnel that they had on the floor. That's how you play when you know it's the only way mm -hmm. you can win. And this Lakers team isn't designed based on their sort of their superstar composition to think of themselves in that way. So I think that's part of why they've had trouble adopting the, you know, must like they they believe because of how they're put together, like all superstar teams, that you you can you can you measure these things and they're wrong because they're not that good. But that gets to my, gets to my, my feeling about this idea of, of being a galvanizing point. And we'll talk about that next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by prize picks. Hey, NBA fanatics. Have you heard about prize picks? Daily fantasy made easy, more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator offers all superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game. Everyone that deposits and uses the promo code NBA will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks. That's a great deal. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, any players, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's just you and the projected numbers. You can also do mixed sport entries. Like you could pick the over on LeBron, whatever, and then combine that with the under on Lamar Jackson. Whatever, just you know, mix it up, make it fun, go crazy. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store, Google Play, PrizePix Safe. They offer fast withdrawal, so don't hesitate. Check out PrizePix.com. Use the promo code NBA. Go to the App Store again. 
prize picks. Daily fantasy made easy. Hey, does this sound familiar to you? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live and now it lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone. You've got your neighbor's best friend's login for all the good stuff. I and Andy want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle. And it's a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like nothing you've ever had before. So you can watch all your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. You don't have to do it all in different places. Uh, that means no more juggling remotes, no more need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more about it at directtv.com. It's directtv.com. A compatible device is required and content varies by package um you know it i can understand why these guys would say sort of emotionally this is a a, a potentially galvanizing place you know lebron was not playing well at all this was not a good lebron game um to that point he had 10 points he had five assists he was a minus 16 <laughs> at that point when he got he did however as uh, our friend bill Oram, who covers the lakers for the athletic astutely noted uh right after lebron was ejected very low on the list of things that matter amid an ugly situation that could have gotten much worse is the fact that LeBron exits with 10 points. 10 points. The streak, the streak is alive. The streak of double-digit uh, scoring tallies. I, I have to imagine LeBron, one of the smartest players in NBA history, took a quick peek up at the mm -hmm. scoreboard, saw where things were. Then he Let's let loose throw the, the bow. Do you, do you, <laughs> do you, think, you, you think that was inadvertent, correct? Yes. I Okay, this is what I ultimately think it was. I don't think it was a dirty play. Like, and I don't think it was intentional, like in terms of the contact. I do think LeBron was somewhere between carelessly and recklessly swinging that elbow. Yeah, to he deserved basically to be just clear out of some space. You elbow a guy in the head like that, that's a flagrant two. You should be thrown out of the No, game. no. He, he absolutely should have been ejected. But like we've seen a lot of dirty elbows over the years. And and they're super, sometimes superstars will throw dirty elbows like that. You know, like Dwayne Wade was sure. not above an elbow. Like Kobe was not above an mm. elbow like that. It's not really what LeBron does. So, and, and his immediate reaction was like, oh shit. And like he yeah, went over bad. to actually yeah. help up Isaiah Stewart. So no. Yeah, I, I would I, agree. I would agree. It was it not was, I think it was reckless. I think it was careless. And I think he deserved to be thrown out of the yeah. game for it. But oh, yeah. I don't think he was trying to injure no, Isaiah Stewart, as opposed to Isaiah Stewart, who was at uh, later trying to injure LeBron. Well, no, um, I just, I just wanted to ask because it is a talking point after the game. Yeah. That was my my impression too. Uh, I I don't blame Stewart for his initial response, but I mean, at some point, it's like, dude, <laughs> calm down. Um, the game stopped for like twenty minutes. Not an exaggeration. Like, no, it was. It really minutes. was. Like, I almost ran out of my. I had to watch the game later. I almost ran out of my DVR space because of the extra time. I even set I it to record. Uh, an extra like an extra forty minutes, and I almost missed it. Um, but anyway, I just I, I just wanted to ask. But to get back to the point of whether or not this was sort of a potentially galvanizing moment for the Lakers, um, yeah, I mean, I think mentally, I, I think they were the I think it kind of woke them up in the sense of like, dudes, like not only is it you know, like this is a game that was kind of back page Sunday afternoon. It's an NFL weekend, whatever. Not on national TV. Yeah, people would notice that we lost to the Pistons. Suddenly this game like becomes like a major story. Like we are going to embarrass the bleep out of ourselves if we lose this game. It is embarrassing. Um and I think it woke him up a little bit. But the problem with thinking of it in that way is it implies that what's been wrong with the Lakers is the kind of thing that can be fixed by 
you know, coming together. Like the problems that they have are not are structural. They can't play defense because they cannot stop anybody at the point of attack. Anybody. Um, you know, they got throttled in Boston at the point of like, if you are a superstar and or a point guard and or just the number one guy on any team, you are salivating at the prospect of playing the Lakers. Like all, you know all of these guys. Honestly, if you're a backup point guard or shooting guard, you should be reasonably stoked about playing this team. I mean, like they cannot stop anyone at the point of attack. And, you know, their pick and roll coverages on on Sunday were god awful. Um, <laughs> yes, they were. I mean, they were terrible against the Pistons. They were terrible against Boston. And like, look, I mean, Frank Vogel, who I will get to this in a second, like had they lost this game, the volume on the Vogel may not make it through the end of the road trip um, chatter goes up by a lot. Um, I don't think this does a whole lot to make people feel better. But, the, you know, coming back and winning helps. But, you know, particularly defensively, I don't think he wanted to, like they went back to DeAndre Jordan in the starting lineup, uh, in part as the explanation was because they want THT, they want THT to be a little more active with LeBron in the game um, and feel like he is more usable, uh, has a higher usage with the second yeah. group than with the first but I think also, too, they're grasping for straws again to try to figure out how to fix themselves defensively. It did not work uh, because DeAndre Jordan is not going to solve that problem. But I just – to it would be a mistake. Let's get back in. But like it'll be, it would be a mistake to interpret the problems that they have as the kind of thing that could be, could be fixed by the unity that comes after a gigantic brawl in – in um in Detroit. Well, I I agree with you to a point, but we've debated this a lot, Brian. I I think effort and focus is a big problem with this team. I would and agree. It, it's not it's not the only problem and I wouldn't say it's necessarily the biggest problem with this team, but we've seen at times, including the fourth quarter against Detroit, how much more focused and energetic and dialed in they can be as a team. We saw it during the Miami win. We saw it even to the, in the loss to Milwaukee. And I want to make it clear, I'm not saying that they can effort and focus and bust ass their way to a championship. Like, they suddenly become elite through elbow grease. Like, the, like there's a baseline. Grit and for, gumption and hard hat wearing. Right. No, they're like there is a baseline for talent and cohesion and a roster that makes sense. And this team may ultimately not meet that baseline. We will see. But I do think that if they more regularly put in that focus and put in that effort and played more with the attitude of being an underdog, or, or frankly, just a team that, that isn't very good right now, but sometimes I, I wonder, I, I tweeted out during the game at Cam Brothers, at some point during the first half, that this team start has starting to look like a group that is hyper aware that the pieces don't fit and they're losing confidence in their ability to overcome that. And so I think when that's that, fair. I actually when, I think that's a fair way of putting it. That's kind of my point is like, but, but, but here's the thing though. Problem. Right. But here's the thing though. Those structural problems may ultimately be unfixable. And, and you and I were both 
fairly bullish about this team heading into the season, but we were even acknowledging then it's kind of a weird roster. We would not have made the Westbrook trade, even though we can recognize the theoretical upside involved with it. And we both have been saying for a couple of years, they've got to bring in more offensive pieces. Like they've just scoring has been too much of a thing for this team. They may have gone in too extreme. I, just, I, didn't I did not anticipate that. I I just figured with you still have AD, you still have LeBron. I just didn't think the, I mean, look, injuries have made this very difficult and there's no question. But I just didn't think they'd be. I didn't think they would be this much worse. Like I just thought. Well, I'm not sure if Westbrook made them better, but I did not think what they did over the, the offseason would make them this sort of substantively worse. At least where they are. What is it now? 16, 7, 18, 19? What are they? Eighteen, 18 games. Since, eighteen games nine and nine. into the season. Like I, I, I missed that. No, no. I mean, there are things like, for example, they, and this is something I've been harping on a lot. They, they are so bad on the defensive glass. Like that is a big part of their defensive struggles. And there's a lot of reasons that it's happening, you know, like in terms of guard penetration that scrambles the defense, gets guys out of position, oftentimes working more small than they'd like. You know, these are these are issues that frankly I did not anticipate. I thought, I thought like, they'd be a better rebounding team. So, so I, I thought they'd be ad- certainly adequate on that side. But but like, you know, there there are structural issues with this team. But if you're looking at things and I, this gets back to the original question of, you know, how much if Detroit galvanizes them, how much how much uh, does galvanizing matter in a tangible way? If it convinces them to start playing harder and more focused and with more of a sense of desperation, I, I think game in, game yeah. out, it doesn't solve everything, but it can help them. And this team needs every bit of help they can get. Sure, I think and, the word, and, and I they think have to help themselves. For, I think what you're looking for is humility. There's yeah. an element of humility that this team hasn't found yet. That really, really what you're talking about is play with much more humility than they are. Yeah, um, and I think that's that's you said something that we we had a t- and I, I I know we teased at the beginning of the show talking about Luke Walton and Frank Vogel, and if we don't get it to it today, uh, we'll get to it um, probably for Tuesday's show. Uh, but th- this leads to a, a conversation we were having during the day as we were kind of deciding things to talk about and texting back and forth that I think is is interesting. Because Anthony Davis took over the game in the fourth quarter. Russell, you know, especially late. Russell Westbrook played very well in the fourth. So it, it's an interesting time to bring up exactly what is going to be needed of the LeBron, AD, and Westbrook combination and which one of these guys really ultimately needs to elevate the most because what we saw in the fourth quarter kind of gave some clues to that we'll talk about it next locked on lakers brought to you by built bar i love thanksgiving it's coming up this thursday you get all of the great food all of the encouragement to eat every single scrap that you can possibly get down your gullet but you've got to offset that decadence with some degree of common sense that is not just smothered in calories and sugar, and that's where Built Bars enter the equation, the new holiday dessert. For example, slice of pie, usually 300 calories, and that's without any whipped cream, ice cream, any of the stuff that just- let's be honest, it's a dainty slice of pie. Yeah, absolutely. But Built Bars- Man-sized slice of pie. Only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar. They're low calorie. They're low carb. They're low fat. They're high protein. They're covered in 100% chocolate. I don't know how they managed to make all the low stuff happen with all that chocolate, but the Built Bar people, they're geniuses. And this stuff, it tastes great 
when you're hungry, if Thanksgiving isn't coming quick enough, go for a Built Bar or two. And there's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday. Mark your calendar. Black Friday is going to be a huge event. All sorts of surprises. I am genuinely intrigued about mm. what this event's going to be. We have not been told. So mm. go to built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, you get 15% off your first order. Again, promo code LOCK15, 15% off at built.com. Um, so you 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 had an interesting point to make about Anthony Davis. Um that I think become it's a good day to talk about it because um, LeBron was not in the game. AD obviously was, and he finished with 30 points, 10 rebounds. Again, blocked you know Cade Cunningham twice on a single play in the last minute. Um, Cade Cunningham looks nice, by the way. He's a yeah. good young player. Yeah. Um, and you know all kinds of he did different- a decent job uh, holding back Isaiah Stewart. <laughs> yeah, he, he tried. Uh, That's leadership, baby. Um, you know and. You know, Westbrook finishes with 26, um, a, a rebound away from a, a what we would call a good triple double. Um, it's hard to hard to argue with. Um, you know, it, it it was one of the few times where they've looked like a like a legit good team. Where you say, "Oh, these non-LeBron minutes that have been such a huge concern." true non-LeBron minutes. Like, right. I mean, by, but like they had a bunch of them while Westbrook, you know, um, you know, while, while LeBron's been out, like they where like the team looked like it could respond in these non-LeBron minutes, not Westbrook because Westbrook has looked better without LeBron than with, um, which makes sense, but that the team could thrive in that way. How, how do you evaluate this? Because, you know, ultimately what a lot of people say is that the, Davis LeBron combo playing at its peak is so good that it kind of papers over a lot of stuff. And we've seen the evidence of that potentially. Um, and my position that we we talked about last week is does Westbrook enhance that or does he detract from it? And we still don't know because obviously this didn't happen without LeBron, but it did kind of open a window into how good AD needs to be for all of this to work. Yeah, it's interesting. When we were texting back and forth, I was saying like heading into this season, you know, the, the addition of Russell Westbrook was framed with the idea of him being able to keep those LeBronless minutes that have been really hurting the Lakers over the last few seasons and often hurt LeBron teams because the, the gap between LeBron playing and LeBron not playing uh, is so huge no matter who's out there. Um, and, and then, like, there's the idea of, you know, especially when LeBron was out and the team was scuffling, you know, LeBron coming back. As opposed to when he's back in the team, Scott, they haven't looked any exactly. better with him in the lineup. Exactly. I mean, you know, the, I'm talking narratives. Worse. I'm not necessarily. No, I understand. But I'm just, it, it, side note. No, LeBron's you're, you're return has not helped. We asked that question. You're, it's like one of our headlines in one pod. Would LeBron's return fix it? No, <laughs> no, it no. has not. But again, in terms of the the general school of thought mm-hmm. with with this trio and the different roles that everybody plays, and I've started to think about really the way to look at this. And I think a lot of people, myself included, didn't reach the right conclusion, which is really, it is about Anthony Davis. And the guy that ultimately I think can raise the level of this team the most, and I think kind of has to be the guy to raise it the most, is actually Anthony Davis. Because A, he's the guy with theoretically another level to reach. Like you cannot reasonably ask LeBron to reach another level 
A, in terms of what LeBron's level is, because it's already incredibly high. B, where he's at right now, physically, all the mileage. Right. You, know, you can the, the only idea- expect him to reach the same, continue to reach. Like, can he right. do it one more time? Can he do it one more time? Can he do it one more time? Right. And and, and the same the same type of question with Russell Westbrook, because he is you know, still at his best, a really damn good player, mm-hmm. but he's definitely on the decline in terms of just the course of his career. Anthony Davis is the guy of the three of them that has that potential next level to reach. Mm-hmm. And I think he's the he is the one that is most realistic when you think about this team taking the next level. Like, you know, it's it maybe isn't realistic in the terms of AD actually reaching it, but I actually think it's most realistic. And by the way, what you're asking him to do, because I mean, this year, I, people complain about him a lot. I've seen a bunch of sort of these sort of very early quarter poll, you know, MVP candidates. He's he's not listed in the top two or three of those, in part because the Lakers have been so bad uh, relative to relative to expectations. But he's always on that like next, you know, three or four guys. So he's playing at a if not an MVP level, a near MVP level. And yeah, right. No, I'm so I'm just saying it's like. It's not like you're asking, you know, we're talking about a guy who's needs to jump from like the 25th best player to like, you know, we got to get him into like, no, you're talking about a guy who's already playing at a very high level, needing to ratchet it up even higher to be one of the two or three best players at, you know, to be like Giannis, to be Jokic, like that kind of impact. I want to make it clear. I'm not being critical of AD's play this season. I, I agree with you. I think AD's been really good. I'm just talking about what needs to happen. Yeah. And LeBron is often thought of as the guy that papers over everything because he's done that for his whole career. I mean, LeBron has been the guy that can fix, you know, Zach Lowe refers to him all the time as the NBA's ultimate problem solver. And I think that's a really good way to think about him. But when, when, again, you think about where LeBron is right now in his career and some of the issues you're dealing with in terms of just keeping him on the court. And also, too, some of the issues on this team specifically that need to be papered over, AD is actually the better guy to be looking for that. He's a more realistic guy. He's also, I think, the more capable guy. It's one. Like, it's, and, one and it, and, it's as if the, the puzzle this year is, can LeBron be the problem solver in the way that unlocks AD to be that good? Well, like that's that might be the solution to the problem. Maybe. Or... or AD unlocking himself. Either way, like, but like both. Sol- but- solve the puzzle yourself. And like, I, for example, I was looking, and this may change after tonight's game. I have no idea. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. But heading into this game, I was looking at fourth quarter points for this team. And AD among rotation guys, that somehow Sacred uh, uh, Demboya <laughs> reached fourth in what is only to be described as small size blowout theater. And by the way, but, he was uh, released. Um, well, heading into the weekend, that's true, but he's still, I believe Chandy Brown now has that, that two way deal. AD is fourth on this team in fourth quarter points per game. He's behind LeBron, then THT, then Westbrook, then comes him, then, uh, Carmelo. Yeah. That's the top five. That should like, he needs to, he needs to be higher there. Like he needs to be more of a force in the fourth quarter. He needs to shoot a higher percentage in the fourth quarter, uh, heading into this game again, I don't know how Detroit affected it all, but he was only shooting 44% from the field um, in fourth quarters. Like he needs to be better than that. Like he he need he needs to be 
really the guy on this team. And like the, like the idea right now, I think to most appropriately think about the Lakers is, can you win a championship if Anthony Davis is your best player? Like LeBron may still be the most important in terms of all the different things he can do. Russ may be the X factor, the wild card, however you want to put it. All three need to be really good. Frankly, everybody needs to be really good. But Anthony Davis, I think, needs to be your clear-cut best player, elevating guys on both sides of the ball. Otherwise, I, I, I'm starting to think this just they're not going to be championship there, caliber. There is so much in that conversation to talk about. And we're not, we can't do it tonight. I uh, can't do it for Monday's show, but let's, I mean, there, let's carry this into Tuesday and probably into Wednesday and Thursday and I don't know, December. Definitely want to um, get into firing season. Though. We do. And we can do a lot of things, but like there's, there's a lot of stuff that you bring up in this conversation about the way the team is constructed and what it means if LeBron, you know, AD has to elevate, if LeBron has to also elevate and whatever um, that are, that are sort of corollaries of that conversation because what you put out there it's you know people can sit on that for 24 hours i think and, sure. and think about it um it's what we do here that's right food for thought andy is what you've given people in this holiday season um Not just once bars. again thank everybody for making locked on lakers and what make what it's most important that it is built bars right let's say make it a built bar yeah. uh want to thank everybody for making Locked On Lakers your first listen of every day, Monday through Friday. Make uh, another Locked On podcast, Locked On Bets, Locked On Fantasy um, your second listen if you can, but only, again, after making us your first listen. That is the most important part of this um, sales pitch. Anyway, uh, Locked On Lakers on YouTube as well. Subscribe to that. Cracked 4,000 viewers. On to 5,000. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you very much for helping us do that. Uh, we'll see everybody Tuesday.